Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Where is your strength when I say I can't? You should get it. I can't. I'm depending on whose strength? My strength. I can't. But I want you to write this down this morning. Here we go. I can't. But God can. Whatever the enemy throws at you, you'll never solve it on your own. But nothing is impossible with God. Do you ever find yourself trying to obey God's commandments using your own force of will? How often have you succeeded that way? Probably not very often. Even if you're able to achieve the outward appearance of success, you find that your attitude isn't what you'd expect it to be. It can be very frustrating. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about letting God's strength work through you. When you allow the Holy Spirit to make the changes in you that you recognize need to be made, it happens more naturally, more organically. You might not even realize the change has happened. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Ephesians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Our Heart, God's Home. Now look at verse 10. His intent was that now, watch this, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now look back here. His intent was that now through the church. How many of you are part of the church? Okay, maybe 30%. We're going to have an incredible altar call this morning. This is going to be fantastic. Where's my altar council leader? You better call some more people in because this place is going to be filled. No, when you became a Christian, did you become part of the body of Christ? Okay, so let me try it again. How many of you are the church? You're the church. Now, what did he say to the church? Truth revealed. The church, believers, are given the privilege and the responsibility of sharing the good news. You see, before, it, remember, we talked about this, and I don't have time to go there. The Jewish people were to be light and salt to pagan world. Well, they failed. Well, we have the responsibility. Think of this when you drive through your neighborhoods, when you're in your homing area, in the apartment complex. Think on a Sunday. And don't, don't be bad about it, but just think. Drive down your streets in the suburb as you're coming to the 830 or you're coming to the 1045 or you're coming Saturday. Think how many people never move their cars on Sunday. 
I think of it a lot. We have wonderful people around us. We have a ton of people from our, the subdivision we live in that come to the church. There's just a ton of people that come to the church from there. But we have way more that never, ever come to the church. Do they need to hear the good news? Well, who's going to do it? Pastor Mark, we hired you to do it. No, you'll see later, God put me here to tell you to do it. I'm shoveling it to you right now. Is that true? It's exactly true. Of course, I'm part of the body, so I have to do it too. It's all of us. Don't forget the value and impact of one person coming to Jesus Christ. One. Don't forget it, because that's what God has assigned us to do. Now, verse 12. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. With freedom and confidence. Here's the truth revealed. When Jesus came, everything changed. Every Christ follower has 24-7 access to pray to God through Jesus. Whatever need you have, you can pray to God. Let me read you Hebrews. Then let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, which is where God is. And we approach God through Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only person that's the mediator between man and God. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So when Jesus Christ came, he simplified the way we go to God. We just go to God through him. And anytime we have a need, you don't worry about praying and being condemned. It's a throne of grace and mercy. I need it. 24-7. Now look at verse 13. I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. Here we go. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. That's Paul writing to the church. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. Paul was glad to endure his trials, this time being in prison, because he was still carrying out the mission of God to reveal the gospel to the Gentiles. He did that by personally, we know from Scripture, winning some of the guards who were pagans to Christ Jesus. I mean, when you're a prisoner, what else are you going to do? He didn't have the prison like we have today. Well, let's play a little touch ball. Let's go here and do this. And like that. He's there with guards. And he's there. They say the guards changed every six hours. They had a different get of guards. Guess who's the captive audience? <laughs> the guards. He just preaches the gospel to them day after day after day. But now he's writing this book. We know that God allows believers to go through trials and difficulties. Now, why does he do that? Because when I go through a trial and difficulty like Paul was in, I've never been through something like that, but you've been through all kinds of difficulties. When you do it, it builds up your faith. As you get moving through it, guess what God does? He helps you speak to somebody else. Because somebody else is going to come to you and say, you know, I've got this problem. I just lost my job, and there's no way it's going to be there. Something's wrong with my marriage. Uh, we, our, our child's got cancer. Uh, my husband, he's going to walk out on me. And you get through that with God. And then what you find out is God will use how you got through it to somebody that has the very same need that you have. 
You know what Satan does to this when we go through those kind of things? He says, well, you're a Christian, eh? (laughs) Nobody goes through that stuff like you. God must not like you. Everybody else, they have a perfect life. Uh, That just means you're feeling sorry for yourself. Everybody has problems. Now, I could get an amen on that, but let's just go, oh, me. Come on. How many people here have problems? Just say, oh, me. Oh, me. Now, the oh, me is without God. With me, say, amen, amen, because that's going to build my faith. Okay? Okay. Now, when you see that, Paul is, I, I love the way he writes that. He just knows. He says, don't lose heart. Don't feel sorry for me. God's going to use what I'm going through to help others. Amen. 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 Now, Paul now begins to move on with his prayer. And he's going to talk about one thing, how to build us up. And he's going to give us about four ways. Now, when we begin with this, you'll see how it works. Look at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. So Paul picks up this prayer that he started in verse 1. Notice the sincerity that Paul shows us. He humbly kneels before God with thanksgiving and adoration. Now, I want you to think about this. When Paul was in that prison, I don't know if he could even kneel. Do you know that you can kneel and not physically kneel? You can kneel in your heart. So what is Paul doing? What is, what is kneeling a sign of? One word, submission. So here's Paul. Now, whether he could do this or not, I don't know, but he did it in his heart. And some of you, you say, well, Pastor Mark, I can't kneel. I've got arthritis. I've got all this kind of thing. I understand. But you can still submit in your heart. So he kneels and he just thanks God. He's humble. He opens up his prayer saying, I submitted to God. Now, ask yourself when that takes place in your life, why would we kneel before God in submission? Well, think of Paul's life. Think of what he did. Here's a self-righteous Jew. Paul would write in one of his other epistles, I was the top of the ladder for Jewish people. I kept the law at Eighth day, I was circumcised. I was a Jew of the Jew of the Jew. But he hated Jesus. And then Jesus, out of total grace, comes to him and says, Hey, yeah, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to kill some Jew, uh, some Gentiles. Uh, no, you're actually killing me. What? Who's talking to me up there? And it was Jesus. And what happened? He was assigned to go to the Gentiles. So Paul thinks back and he says, how could I not kneel? Look where he took me from. Look what he's done. He was overwhelmed by God's grace. Now here he begins a prayer. Verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may, circle the word, strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being. Here's something very important. This prayer, how old is this prayer from Paul? At least 2,000 years old. But I want to challenge you with something. As Paul gives us 
the prayer with three or four keys in it. This prayer is for us today. Everything that Paul's going to speak to us is for you this morning. First thing, to be strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit. To be strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's for you. That's for me. It was for them. The word of God never changes. It's alive. It's active. It is for today. That word is for us. Now think about this. We would, Paul says, I want you to be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know that life is a battlefield. You know what happens in life for unbelievers and believers. Jesus said it. In this world, you're going to have trouble. And to be honest, we're no match for all the stuff that Satan throws at us. We're no match. And what happens is when difficulties come, Paul knows that we try to solve them on our own. How's that working for us? Not very good. In fact, sometimes when we do that, here's what we end up saying. I can't. I can't. Whatever Satan's just thrown at you, I can't get to victory. I can't get through it. I can't get along with my wife. Uh, I can't communicate with my husband. I, I can't discipline the kids like I should. I, I, I can't give up the, the stuff that I watch on TV. I know it's wrong. I just can't do it. I can't find time to pray. I don't have time to pray, Pastor Mike. I can try to come to church once a month. That's about all I can do. I can't quit gossiping. And it goes on and on and on and on. Well, of course you can't. Because who's trying to do it? Where is your strength when I say I can't? You should get it. I can't. I'm depending on whose strength? My strength. I can't. But I want you to write this down this morning. Here we go. I can't. But God can. Whatever the enemy throws at you. You'll never solve it on your own. But nothing is impossible with God. Now, remember, this is not for them. This is for you. Something you're going through. I just can't. You fill in the blank. Yes, you can through God. That's what Paul's talking about. That you be strengthened through the power of the Holy Spirit. The all-powerful God. Now, Paul knew this. He would write this. In the book of Philippians, Philippians 4, I can do everything, all, through him who gives me strength. Let's say it again. I can't, but God can. Come on. I can't, but God can. Remember it. What you're going through today, you can't, but God can. Why would he write that to that church? Because as I told you, Ephesus was a pagan community, hugely pagan. All kinds of idols, all kinds of gods, goddess of men. When you think of all that kind of stuff, they'd bow down to her and whatever. Remember, we just talked a moment ago. When Diana was there, there was a big problem with people worshiping Diana. Remember what we told her as a Christian, do I have access to God? Yes. Okay, a God that can what? Hear and answer. Okay, let's say this is one of the idols. Am I going to pray to this? Why not? Never hears, can't answer. 
So that's the problem in that community. So he knows they're going to be suffering because there's going to be persecution. Did you just hear about the persecution last night in Indonesia? Christian churches being burned to the ground. I remember speaking in Indonesia, Jakarta, a couple years ago, and I was shocked. It's like 40% in, in Jakarta are born-again Christians in the number one Muslim nation in the world. That's amazing. But they're now starting to burn Christian churches. Well, see, that's what our world is. That's what's happening. So when you see this, you understand that God can help us through. Now look at verse 17. This is kind of the key to the passage. So that Christ may dwell in your, say it with me, hearts through faith. Most people think that our head and our brain is the center and director of our lives and activity. But that's not true. Look what Solomon writes in Proverbs 4. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So the heart is our whole being. It's the center of our mind, our will, our emotions. So our heart, let me say it like this because we're kind of in a space here. It'll make sense to you. Our heart is the control center where all the decisions of our lives are made. Our heart is the place where our decisions are made. And what is happening in here with our mind, will, and emotion, what's happening in here is where we go, what that looks like. And so Solomon says, whoa, 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 whoa. Guard your heart. Because the enemy is going to come and bring all kinds of things against you. Remember, when the Jewish people came to Jesus and said, why did God allow some divorce in the Old Testament? And Jesus said this. Well, he never wanted that, but he allowed it because of the hardness of your heart. That's where the decisions of life are made. Look at verse 17, the second part. So that Christ may circle this word, dwell in your hearts. Now, this is very important. The word dwell means to, look on it, settle down, take up permanent residence so that Christ may dwell in your, my heart. Now, this could be the biggest mystery of all other than Jesus Christ. This was unheard of. People had no idea what this meant. Now, here's a building. God designed the temple as a building. First first with a tent and then buildings. His presence would only be there. His presence were there. You didn't have access. Jewish, I didn't have access to God. Some people say, oh, I like to live in the Old Testament. No, I'll take the New Testament. Thank you very much. So only place that God ever appeared really there is the Holy of Holies. So if you're a normal Jewish person there, you could go to different parts, but you would never get even close to the Holy Soul. If you're a Gentile, you're farther away. So here's a building. And the only time that anybody approached God, the presence of God, was one time a year when the high priest would go. And he'd have one day on a year to go and get in the presence of God. The rest of us, 
we never, ever experienced the presence of God. So look at that. Now, notice what we just read. Notice what you just saw there. The mystery that God was going to do something was simply this. He would take, and eventually the temple would be destroyed. Stone, wood, gold, it's gone. And he would move his presence into a person, every person that was in Christ. Now think about that for a moment. I want to read something. Colossians chapter 1. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too, Jews and Gentiles. And this is the secret, (laughs) the mystery. It's going to be revealed. Watch it. It's been a mystery. Nobody could have ever imagined this. This is the secret, the mystery. Talking to believers, Jewish and Gentile. Christ, say it with me, lives in you. Change it to me. Christ lives in me. Say what? No more temple. No more building. Christ lives in me. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Wow. Other than Jesus dying on the cross, how in the world could we understand that? At the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit takes up permanent residence in our hearts and our lives. Can I remind you that God does not come into our hearts as a guest. He comes into our hearts. He's the owner of the temple that he lives in. Through the Holy Spirit, he establishes his home in our hearts. Here's the truth revealed. I want you to write down this morning. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, lives in our hearts. There's no more temple made of stone. The temple is you and me in our hearts, in the control center of our life. Say with me this morning, my heart, Christ's home. Come on. My heart, Christ's home. Unknown to the world. Impossible. You're an idiot, Balmer. That's impossible. One God in billions of Christians today? Of course. It's exactly the way it was. Mikasa and Susukasa. What does that mean? My house is your house. That's what we're supposed to say to God. My house is your house. Well, Pastor Mark, why would I say that? He's the owner. He's the owner. Think about this one. You ever say anybody to a friend, maybe you had a neighbor or somebody in the neighborhood, you're going to go away for two or three days, and you say this, make yourself at home. Have you ever had anybody actually do that in your home? You're gone for three days, and you come home, the furniture's all moved. (laughs) Some of it's missing. And there's nothing in your refrigerator. It was stock full. Well, you told me to make myself at home. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the mystery that God had talked about but had hidden from the Jews prior to Jesus' arrival on earth. He also spoke about what this mystery was, which was regular people being able to have access to God directly. Pastor Mark also talked about your responsibility to tell as many people as you can about this good news of freedom from sin and access to God himself. 
you don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. In his next teaching, Pastor Mark will conclude his message, Our Heart, God's Home. He will continue speaking about the Christ follower's access to God himself and what that all can mean for you. Pastor Mark will be speaking as well about God dwelling in your heart and how God can direct you to obey him more consistently. He'll remind you that this relationship is available to everyone. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Blessed. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.